every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, what's going? Let's get to what's going on where we check in with the other shows on The Zone Sports Network. It's brought to you by Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We will get to the ball hawk topic coming up uh, here in a little bit. But let's start things off with DJ and PK. Shall we, Gordon? Let's do it. They had Andy Bailey, who uh, writes for a number of outlets, including the Bleacher Report, I believe. He was on the show talking about the Jazz. Are you with us in that the first round matchup is probably going to be very difficult for the Jazz, unless the San Antonio Spurs average 146 points per night from here until the start of the playoffs and become the eight seed, because the Jazz seem to have the Spurs number pretty good. But whether it's the Blazers, the Lakers, the Warriors, don't sleep on the Grizzlies, that is going to be a difficult first round matchup. There's no walk in the park there. Yeah, there's probably no walk in the park. Um, You know, the West is deep, and that's you know obviously not new. That's kind of been the case for 20, 25 years now. Um, so just getting the number one seed isn't you know you don't have a cakewalk to the second round. I, I'm not as worried about the Warriors as some other people might be. Um, if Utah has Conley and Mitchell, I think that's a, a very uphill battle for the Warriors. I mean, you obviously can't count out Stephen Curry, who could go for you know 40, 50 points on any given night. Um, but the the supporting cast for that team, I think, really falls off a cliff after Draymond, after their top two guys. And, and they'll they'll get random solid performances from Kent Bazemore. He's had a nice season. I think Wiggins has been better this season. Um, but if if everybody's fully healthy, and I guess that's not a given for Utah, um, I, I do think Utah is a pretty clear favorite there. The other teams you mentioned, Portland and and L.A. are obviously going to be problematic. I, I think the Jazz would be a fairly comfortable favorite over Portland too, but Damian Lillard is dangerous, not not quite like Stephen Curry, but obviously can go off and I like their supporting cast a little bit better than Golden State's and I, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the Lakers. If that winds up being the first round matchup for the Jazz, I mean that's that's sort of a doomsday scenario. I do think they can beat a fully healthy Lakers squad, um, but they they might not even be favored in that series. So do you feel like it's going to be the Warriors at 8 and the Lakers at 7? What are your thoughts there? Well, like you said, it's it's almost impossible to gauge where everybody's going to land right now. And I've, I've kind of stayed out of that realm for pretty much the whole time I've covered the NBA because so much can happen on a night-to-night basis. I mean, it looked like the Jazz were, were a shoe-in for the number one seed before – last night's loss and they're still I, I just looked at this this morning I think even with that loss they're like a 90% chance to stay at number one um, but the added wrinkle this season is that there's the play-in tournament too so we've got all the different machinations that are going to happen over the next three or four days plus things can shake up again in the play-in tournament so I think if you're the Jazz um, you probably have to kind of look at all those teams that you just mentioned Um you know, and it's it's maybe impossible to dive in in terms of preparation 
on each and every one of them. Um, but in the back of your head, there's there's the, the possibility that you could play any of those teams. The Spurs would obviously, if, if they fell into number eight and the Jazz stayed at one, I think, like you said, that'd probably be the the big jackpot uh, for the Jazz. I think they'd handle that series pretty well. And I think they're in decent shape against Memphis and probably Golden State. Um, but there are just so many different ways that it could go over the next few days. And this this is kind of a, a tangent at this point, but I, I think this is part of what has made the play-in tournament such a good call by the NBA. Um, the level of excitement around the league right now um, is just – off the charts uh, with all these different possibilities and fewer teams tanking and a bunch of teams trying to get into the playoffs. Um, I just think there's so much intrigue right now. It's, it's going to be really fun to pay attention to this last week. I'm curious as you watch the Jazz, and nobody really, only they know for sure, and I wonder even how much information they wish they had that they don't have yet, but I got to admit I'm a little concerned by how long Donovan's been out. Uh, is there any concern with you that, hey, he could be back for the playoffs and he's out five weeks, scrape the rust off for the first round, but he'll he'll be in the flow pretty well and playing at a high level and I'm just up chasing ghosts? Or uh, more people should be concerned about how long he's been out? I, th- I think it's probably fair to have at least some concern. Um, it, it's not easy to knock off the rust in a game or two. Like you mentioned, I, I, you know, it can take time to get back up to game speed. You can try to simulate um, the conditioning as much as you can, but there's, I think there's always a difference between game action and running on a treadmill or you know playing five-on-five pickup or in practice or whatever the case may be. Um, I think there's, it's, it's encouraging to know that it's a grade one sprain and not something worse, and that makes me think that you know, maybe they're just being abundantly cautious with him so that he will be full strength and, and maybe won't be feeling any sort of pain um, when he jumps back on the floor. So that's, it, it's kind of a fine line to walk. I think it's fair to have concern, but it, it could also be a lot worse. I, I do think there's maybe even more concern for Mike Conley because the hamstring thing um, that has crept up on multiple occasions during his two seasons with the Jazz and it's, you know, it, it seems like one of those injuries that you can randomly tweak here or there and, and maybe doesn't fully go away unless you have an offseason to rest it. Um, and I think, you know, there are certain series where Utah's probably going to need both of those guys. Um, they When they're both healthy, they're one of the better backcourts in the league. Um, and that certainly helps them match up better with a team like Portland. Um, it makes defense a little tougher on the Lakers, obviously. So you want both of those guys healthy. Um, I, I think I'd have slightly more concern on Conley, um, just to be honest. And he's up there in age, too. Um, you know, not to throw that at him, but it's it's a concern when you're a professional athlete. So there's there's certainly some worry there. Um, but I, I get the sense that Utah is just being super cautious with both of those guys. That was Andy Bailey on with DJ and PK earlier the, this morning. I think they're just being abundantly cautious with with Mitchell and Conley. I really do. I I actually think they're probably trying to strategically work in that week in between. I was talking to Tim about this last night, Gordon. You know, they're going to actually be able to practice in that week between the end of the regular season and uh, the beginning of the playoffs. Are you suggesting then that we will not see either one of them in the regular season again? I don't think so. Now I have no I have no idea. Let me qualify that by saying I haven't talked to anybody. I don't. I don't know. I you know they're they're very tight lipped as you know about injuries. But I I am thinking now we're not we're certainly not going to see Donovan because they're just 
we know he's going to be out until Saturday. And then are they going to bring him back for just yeah. one game? I don't think so. So that's five or six days, you know, and, and then they have time to do what you said. So, you know, you, maybe you think you can bring Donovan and Mike back with some practices and get them back into the mix and back up to speed, and then hopefully they're fresh going into the playoffs. But use that week off to your advantage. So do you think that they'll be rusty once real competition arrives? I don't know. What's rusty? You know, isn't that just really a cliche? I don't know, because I keep reading about people saying, oh, in the years where star players get hurt, then they never uh, really show as well in the playoffs, you know. Probably because they're still hurt, not because they're rusty in <laughs> well, any I know, sort of way. Is, will Donovan still be hurt? I don't know. You hope not. You hope that's the idea of, you know, like Andy was saying right there, uh, if it's a grade one sprain or whatever, uh, he, he's going to have, a, is it a little more than a month? I'll try to do the math. A month off? With an ankle sprain, you would think, again, not a doctor, no inside knowledge, but you would think he'd be pretty close. Well, uh, we're going to find out. Uh, certainly when they have him on broadcasts, of uh, telecasts of games, and he's sitting in his den or wherever he was and is talking about what's going on as opposed to studying what's going on, that tells me that he's probably going to be sitting a while. So. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, get to hear that interview. Uh, we were dialed into lock. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know. Anything informative? I hope it is a den, by the way. Well, it, did that look no, like... No, has there been a den built in a home since 1973? I don't know. It, it, did that look like wood paneling behind him? It, yeah, it looked like some kind of cabinetry. Yeah. Maybe an office or something? Yeah. I, uh, I hope it's a den, though. Many antlers hanging everywhere. Yeah, in a he's, smoking got, chair. he's got like an ice box next <laughs> yes. to him. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Ants and Scotty. They had our old friend Pace Mannion on the show, oh. uh, father of Nico Mannion. You saw him uh, over there with the Golden State Warriors last night. Uh, former jazz man, former Ute, uh, former Zone Sports host Pace Mannion. Jumped on with those guys and talked about corruption in college and high school sports. You know, you you were recruited, and, uh, and and there were there were schools knocking down your door, but when you're the father of a five star kid that everybody in the country from Duke to whoever wants 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 your kid and wants him bad, what's that like? And how I mean, how how intrusive do these coaches get into your lives to try to find get some face time? I mean, what's that process like? Um, it was it was it was stressful. Um, just because they all wanted to talk, and once the once the window opened where they could call Nico, you know that's when we told Nico, "You just don't answer your phone." If it's a number that you, you know, if you know, he had coaches' names in his phone, so he knew who he wanted to talk to and who he didn't, and that kind of weeded out a lot of them because he just wouldn't answer. And and I think that was it made it easier on him than trying to be nice and talk to everybody. I was a little more political about it. I talked to most guys that called me, um, and I would just tell guys, "Hey, you know." You know he's he's not coming. You know to UCLA. Um, and that was when Alford was there, and he just really wasn't high on Alford. You know, it turned out Cronin did a great job, but it's still not the style Nico wants to play yeah. with Cronin. Although he did up tempo it in the semis, but you know, there's there, that's just how you had to handle it. And Nico was great; he handled it really well. He wasn't, you know, he had a, he kind of had his heart set on Arizona. Um, Duke was was on his list. Marquette was really high. If Marcus Howard would have gone. On, um, if he'd have turned pro, you know, Nico might have ended up with, with Bailey at Marquette. Um, 
but he stayed and Sonico was like, I'm not I'm not gonna share the ball with, with Marcus. He's not gonna pass it enough for me to go play with him. <laughs> so it was you know and he talked you know, Ryland Jones reached out to him and said, Hey, come here, we can share the ball and, you know, Nico jokingly responded to Ryland and said, Hey, I don't I don't share point guard responsibilities, so you have to play the two. Um <laughs> Ryland would have Ryland would have made a good two for sure. Yeah, <laughs> would have been a, looking back. You know, Utah would have been a really good fit for Nico because Larry ran a lot of NBA sets, spread the floor, um, and I think he'd have given Nico a little more freedom than Sean gave him, and, and uh, Nico would have been able to flourish there. Uh, but hey, it's, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Did you see much of the ugly underbelly of recruiting? Um, much of the underhanded side of of college basketball recruiting? You know, we, we heard a lot about it, you know, through all the guys that Nico knew being recruited, you know, the Anthony Edwards, all the big-name guys. But with us, we, you know, I think people knew I wasn't going to put my kid at jeopardy for for taking a benefit that wasn't legal. And I think they all understood that. So nobody, you know, we, we'd laugh. He said, hey, how come nobody's offering Nico? I said, you must not be very good because nobody's offering me any cash. <laughs> you know? But I just think they knew that that wasn't something we were ever going to do. You know, we were... We were we were looking out for our kids' best interest, not for our family. You know what was going to be best for him and where he could go play. So it, it wasn't we. But I mean, there was a lot of stories. You know, I mean, the, the joke at Arizona was, you know, they they came out and said DeAndre got a hundred thousand dollars, and they laughed. You know, because they said that we know that was two hundred. Uh, but you know, that's just they, they were all rumors. There's no proof of, of DeAndre ever getting paid. Yeah. There's no money trail. You know, whether he got it or not, there's nothing there. We can't. Nobody can find anything. Pace Manion, uh, and uh, talked about his son Nico's recruiting process. That's pretty interesting. I remember when Nico was born. Go, going back. <laughs> going back, yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Pace knows that there's all kinds of shenanigans going on. Kind of interesting, though, that, uh, that they didn't uh, even get that broached with them just because – they knew uh, integrity, I suppose, was uh, important to the process, and they, uh, good for Pace on on a parenting front. You know, looking out for Nico's best interest in the long term, not just the short term. Yeah, I I I know Pace was uh, was I won't say tempted, but I know he was offered some cash when he was coming out to play college ball, not at Utah, but somewhere else. Well, as far as Nico goes, you, one thing that was interesting hearing Pace uh, talk about how um, Arizona maybe wasn't the best fit in hindsight, and I totally agree. They didn't play a style of ball that really highlighted uh, what Nico does, and Nico's fortunate to to still you know get a shot in the NBA. But doesn't that highlight you know that how important it is to find a system and a coach and those sorts of things that work with you? And doesn't that level? highlight the the advantages of being able to transfer? If you're not going pro, no, you got to make that right decision, man. Yep, you got to stay with it no matter just, what. I'm just saying, come hell in, or high uh, water. Put in a lot of time and effort into making that decision. It's a big one. And if you get it wrong, you're screwed for life. You huh? know, for life. Oh, please. <laughs> but you know, speaking of life, it does have these things called consequences for our decisions. Oh, come on. Uh, someone and, can and in this case, the someone, con- not only can someone make a mistake, but someone can be misled. And in this case, the consequence is a free college education, which is just a terrible. Con- I mean, oh man, I just feel yeah, terrible. But for a kid who has his eyes on the NBA and wants to highlight his abilities, what? that decision may have ended up because of a way a coach handled him may have cost him a lot of money. 
maybe. I didn't say that it wasn't a big decision. <laughs> and by the way, every but, kid but, has NBA aspirations. Yeah, I know, but some coaches paint a certain picture and then swap it up. And later. that is unfortunate. Yes, it is. That is unfortunate. And so an individual should have an opportunity to bail if he wants to. The greater good be damned. <laughs> no, I just yeah. I believe in individual opportunity. <clears throat> All right, we'll have more coming up next. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Ben Maller is going to be on the show on the top of the 4 o'clock hour. You hear him do overnights on Fox Sports Radio right here on the Zone Sports Network. Sure. He's, he's done it for a long, long time. Ben's great. Looking forward to that conversation uh, at 4 o'clock. And then at 5, of course, it's Tuesday, Austin. And that means Bowler is on the show with us today. Uh, I've confirmed it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. So top of the 5 o'clock hour, Bowler jumps on. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I hate amateurism. Pay those college athletes. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Jazz fell last night to the Golden State Warriors 119 to 116 despite 41 points from Jordan Clarkson on 16 of 33 shooting. 5 of 16 from 3. He also added 7 rebounds, but he talked about having issues with turnovers. Well, I mean, that's probably the, the biggest thing for us, just taking care of the ball. You know, we have a chance to, you know, score, make plays for each other. You know, the game's easy for us. You know, we, we never out of games. I think we was down close to almost 20 tonight. We started taking care of the ball. We didn't really have any turnovers towards the end of the game. And, you know, we was converting and, you know, we cut the lead down that fast. So uh, that's probably the biggest emphasis, playing them. And if we run into them, you know, I feel like that's probably the biggest emphasis, just taking care of the ball and continue to score and keep doing what we're doing. And like I said, we had a chance to win this game. And yeah. The Jazz magic number remains at three uh, with the Phoenix Suns, who are in second place in the Western Conference. Up next, the Jazz take on the Portland Trailblazers coming up tomorrow night. There was a game time change previously scheduled for 7 o'clock. Game time is going to be at 7.30. It's going to be an ESPN game. Pre-game will begin at 6.30. This Jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Network. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. One, two, three, uh. This one goes out to Eric. Wanted outcast on a total request Tuesday. Groups that are not together anymore. Are you an outcast guy, Gordon? I don't mind it. I like outcast. Yeah. Uh, didn't Andre 3000, he, he tried to become an actor, did he not? He did. How'd that go? He was pretty funny in the movie Be Cool. You ever That's seen that the movie? exact one I was going to bring up. Yep. 
That's a good movie. Good, better book. I know that annoys you, Austin, but it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily annoy me. It's just movies are always better than books because you don't have to read. Isn't it remarkable how talented some people are that they can do both those things? Read and watch a movie. Yeah, when they can, <laughs> when they can do both of those things, and I'm not saying that uh, you know, Andre three thousand, he was fine. But sometimes they can't, and your notoriety at one thing doesn't necessarily mean you're good at the other. So uh, who, name me somebody who's good at, at both of those things. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The Rock, interestingly enough, as a wrestler to actor, I mean, I guess he's not winning any Academy Awards, but he's pretty successful. Eminem was good in 8 Mile, if you ever saw that movie. But, I mean, you know, for every, like, athletes and, and music seems to overlap a lot. Like, you know, Ron Artest, just because you're good at basketball doesn't mean you're a good rapper. I'll tell you, Jared Leto with 30 Seconds to Mars, he's the lead singer for them, and then he's also an incredible actor. All right, there you go. How about Anna Kendrick? No. Justin Timberlake? No, he's a terrible actor. Yeah, I'm not I'm not, not coming along with Timberlake. How about Ice Cube? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been on that one show, what, SVU Victim or whatever? No, that's Ice-T. Oh, what'd you, oh, Ice Cube. I don't know. It's Ice Cube's a good actor. Sorry, he made I all get those... my Vanilla Ice. Is that <laughs> Ice Cube made a like a kind of went uh, into the the family genre? Did all those like family movies? His son uh, is a lot better of an actor than than uh, than he is. Interestingly enough, O'Shea play, Jackson Jr. playing his father in a movie. True. Yeah. Straight uh, out of Compton. Right. How so, about like uh, Kristen Bell? Yeah, but is she? She's like a, a an actress who can sing. She's not like a, a musical group in and of herself. Like, like the only reason Russell Crowe has a band is because he's Russell Crowe, the actor, not because he's good at music. And it's about as good as James Dolan's band. Right. Exactly. So some sometimes the the, the crossover isn't necessarily there. But What's what about our guy Bobon? Brilliant actor. Well, here we go. In that one role he was given. Right. He does Which is the only role he could be given. He looks like a supervillain. You're not going to see many romantic comedy roles for what about, Boban Marjanovic. Uh, what about My Giant? He could act. George Murison? Yeah. Is he still with us? <laughs> I don't know. How about our friend Sean Bradley? Yeah, he was, he was in uh, Sp- he, and Space, Space Jam. He was in a major motion picture. Um. You know, I've been thinking about this as you've been talking, and, and The Rock, really, Dwayne Johnson has made a remarkable transition. And isn't he like the highest paid guy in the world now or something? Well, he was for some time the highest paid actor in the and world. I don't people, know if that's true now anymore. Now people want him to run for president. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh but it isn't professional wrestling basically acting. Yes. Yeah. So it's not all that dissimilar. Although he was a football player, right? He was a linebacker at Miami. At, at Miami. So uh, there's that. Hey, can we get into the the ball hogging topic sure. here, Gordon? Can we jump into this because mm-hmm. there was a, a, a Twitter um, to do somewhat last night, and I want to get your opinion because uh, you. We've had discussions about Jordan Clarkson, his shot selection, and his style of game on this show, and that was a topic last night because Jordan took 33 shots. Now, uh, let's see here. Tim Reynolds, who I believe works for the AP, had this tweet last night. So Jordan Clarkson came off the Utah bench and took 33 shots tonight. The only time in the last 45 years when a reserve took more, uh, took more shots in a game was February 13th of 2019. 
Care to take a guess who, who that was? Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson took 34 shots for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, uh, Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune retweeted said tweet and said, I was curious. Games when a player has put up 33 or more shots this season and he lists them out. Bradley Beal's done it three times, all in losses. Donovan Mitchell's done it twice, both in losses. Jason Tatum once win. The Greek Freak once win. Kevin Durant once loss. Jokic once loss. Clarkson now in a loss. And Tyrese Maxey, of all people, in a loss. That's this year. That's interesting. So Donovan Mitchell retweeted that tweet from Andy Larson, Gordon, and said, so you're saying he shouldn't have shot 33 times? Dot, 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 question mark. Well, that seems to be what's being said. Uh, now, Andy, hold on, hold on. All the way around. Hold on. Andy did respond. So, oh, okay. Andy, you know, uh, uh, he said, nah, like, if you look at them, they're nearly all pretty efficient games by the shooter. So, I think it's mostly great players keeping their teams in games they may not have been in otherwise. And then added, I think it's fair to say that the tweet didn't have that context, though. Yeah, but they're all losses. They were no losses. How many of them, what percentage were losses? Uh, let's see. I, there were more losses than wins. Let's see. Two of them were wins by Jason Tatum and the Greek Oh, uh, okay. Freak. All right. Yeah, I th- what I think, how I read that is that sometimes teams find themselves in desperate situations and they're looking for a lifeline. And so one player is coming, is throwing that. He said, "I'm going to take yeah. those shots," which somebody had to do last night. Yes, and I, I, I do think that Jordan Clarkson, as I have expressed on this show more than once, does take ill-advised shots sometimes. But last night, uh, in the early going, it was kind of like, "How come he's doing that?" There was one time in particular where Jordan was fiddle-faddling around, and and Boyan Bogdanovich was wide open over in the corner. Wide open. And with the way Boyan had been shooting of late, I figure that's a pretty good play. But Jordan was too busy doing his thing, you know. So sometimes you look at it, especially when you go 0 of 8 from 3-point, uh, you think that's not a good idea. Don't do that. But that's easier to say when the ball's not going in. When it suddenly starts going in, everyone's – you saw the Jazz bench last night. Everybody cheering for Jordan. If he would have stopped shooting, the Jazz would have lost by 20. So, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for darn near everything. Uh, it's just get the time and the place right. If your team needs you, then I don't have a problem with a hot player going off like that. If your if your team if there are guys who are open who are capable of scoring, then you might want to think about getting them the ball uh, on occasion. Now I'm not saying that Jordan Clarkson is perfect. I think I know the play you're referencing with with Bogdanovich. So uh, yeah, his decision making isn't 100. percent I'm not arguing that. But Bogdanovich had 21 shots last night. Yeah. So it's not it's not like Bogdanovich left a bunch of shots out on the floor either. <laughs> I mean, you, you just look at the lineup. You know, who who last night, I did this exercise with Tim, and I'm I, I'm curious if you're on the, the same wavelength. Who would you want to have seen shoot more last night? What was uh, Bogdanovich's percentage? He was 9 for 21 and 4 of 9 from 3. Okay, so 27 was, was, points, which is perfectly acceptable. Right, and it was quite similar to Jordan Clarkson's efficiency. Yeah, nothing uh, wrong with that game. But, uh, but uh, I mean, who else on the floor? 
Royce took nine shots. Yeah. I mean, do you want Royce taking more no. than nine shots? No. George Niang took seven. That's probably about right. Maybe he could have taken one or two more, but I mean, it's not like that's that's drastically undershooting the, the, for somebody the, like the George. The Warriors were doing a good job of crowding the shooters. And, and 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 at one point in the game, you're just going, okay, where are the points going to come from? And then all of a sudden, Jordan Clarkson was where they were going to come from. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that it's a coincidence that it was against that Warriors team that the opportunity arose for him to take 33 shots with that particular lineup. Right Now, if Donovan and Mike Conley are healthy and Jordan's still taking 33 shots in that amount of time, then maybe we're having a different conversation. But it's not like anybody's has that much complaint to be had that they weren't getting the shots last night because somebody had to do it, and somebody had to create, and that was an issue. Yes, it was, especially with the way the Warriors were playing defense. Absolutely correct. So, so yeah, uh, I didn't have a problem last night, although in the early going I did because the ball was not going in. But if we had stopped shooting. They would have lost by 20, Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, I mean, it was and just a loss is like, a loss, okay. but they had a chance at it. Yeah, they did. And uh, as you pointed out, if uh, Jordan Clarkson hadn't been fouled without a whistle with 30-some seconds left on a three-pointer, who knows, the Jazz might have won that game. And if they had won that game, then we would be singing Jordan Clarkson's praises all day long right. today. And, and I agree. It was a hot and cold game for him last night, and that's kind of really Jordan Clarkson-esque that it, it didn't look good in the first half. I'm with you. And in the third quarter, too, he, he was not playing well. But he's going to go out, what did he say, hooping. He's going to go out and hoop. He's going to go play his game. And hearing Quinn Snyder talk about it after the game last night, he just talked, Gordon, he, uh, I'm, I'm sure you heard it, but uh, what a pleasure it is to coach Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he just, looked, But Quinn looked pain when he said it. We're now interpreting. <laughs> he looked pained. We're now that's we're reading Quinn Snyder's mind now. <laughs> when did Coach Snyder not look pained in the last right. few? It was a loss after all. Yeah, he hasn't slept since December. <laughs> right. So yeah. you don't think he was being yeah. genuine? Look, I'll be completely honest, and you all, we were all, we were all texting each other. It was kind of like, what, what is Jordan Clarkson doing early in that game? He looked horrible. Yeah, I'm, I, and I think I was uh, the one who started that, and he did. He did. Until the fourth quarter, he looked like it was a, a black hole that he was going to get the ball and no one was ever going to see it, and it was going to go up and it was going to miss. And, and then, then he had the fourth quarter he had, yeah. and I went, whoops. Yeah, we all did. So <laughs> don't put me in there. I, I just made a joke. I had no point advocated for Jordan Clarkson to stop shooting. Oh, come on. You were, I didn't. Think, you were thinking it. No, I was not. Before he got hot in the fourth quarter, you I, weren't thinking that? No. Who else would I want to go out there and take those shots? Nobody. Trent Forrest? <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. Trent Forrest wasn't taking shots. He was dribbling into open spots and then throwing it back out. I'll tell you, and this is going to sound really mean to Trent Forrest, and I'm, uh, I'm sorry for that in advance, but you want to know why the Jazz lost to the Warriors last night? Because Trent Forrest got 19 minutes. Because they're down to the point on the roster where Trent Forrest had to play a critical role, and and Trent is not there in his development. I mean, they they're, they're the Jazz are down to bare bones from a rotation standpoint. So we're gonna pull, we're gonna pick on poor Trent. That that I didn't mean for that to be so mean. That 
why I tried to put it out there. But that, but the, the Jazz are missing two out of their three All-Stars. And, and one lineup that's been so effective for the Utah Jazz is Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, and George Niang going up against the other team's bench unit, where they've just been mopping the floor with those units. Well, with Joe Ingles starting and George Niang starting and these guys out, all of a sudden it's Trent Forrest playing those minutes instead of Joe Ingles. And again, Trent Forrest, love you, dog. However, learned that one from our guy, Coach Chiesa. Mm-hmm. He always said that. Deliver deliver a little criticism with a little, you know, love you. Love you. However, you're not Joe Ingles. Trent Forrest is not as good as Joe Ingles. And so there's going to be a drop-off at that point. And Locke talked about this a ton on last night's broadcast. When Steph Curry and Draymond Green go off the floor for the, the Warriors, statistically speaking, the Warriors go to being the worst team in the league. Well, they didn't look like it last night. Boom, because the Jazz don't have a lineup where they could have taken advantage of all of that because they're missing all that firepower. Yes. And but so think about all those shots the Warriors were missing and the Jazz were missing even more. Right. I think they ended up shooting a percentage better, but it was it was not much. And so, yeah, that was that uh, that was just a, a weird game. Uh, it, it, uh, anybody who thinks the Jazz are just as good without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley is up in the night. Yeah, I don't think anybody thinks Especially that. against – yeah, but every once in a while you hear, oh, man, look, look what they're able to do. Not when you run into that kind of defense. you got to have guys who can break it down. I, I get that the, the talking point is out there of, you know, will it disrupt these other guys playing well to bring Donovan and Mike Conley back into the lineup? I guess I'll, I'll listen to that being a concern, I suppose. But if you're out there arguing that the Jazz are better off without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley – Let's adjust your medication. Yeah, nobody can really say that with a straight face. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that that would be the hot take of all hot takes. So your solution, Coach Scott, when you're when the defense is switching, then you've got to have a guy who can, within the framework of Quinn Snyder's offense, attack his man. Yep, beat his guy. Even so without now, that, see, that's the thing. Not within the framework. That switching defense disrupts the framework of the offense. Okay, they so, can't do what they want to do. So they got to have somebody that can go out there and beat their. So guy. essentially, we're talking about Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and to a lesser extent Bogdanovich. Mm, yeah, that's kind of iffy. He's been good with the dribble drive. Yeah. Okay. Well, the other the other part that Quinn Snyder added in the post game that he likes to see, and this makes a lot of sense if you can picture it in your mind, the ball going from one side to the other, because then you get that catch dribble drive that Bogdanovich is really good at, and and George Niang is is shown that he's really good at with that ball fake and then and then the dribble drive. So that's that's another thing. You know, we can talk about one guy beating the other, and that's the easiest way to do it. But that's something else that Quinn Snyder added. You get the ball going back and forth, whether it's a skip pass or whatever, and make them adjust and then get the dribble drive that way. It's, a, I guess if you want to oversimplify it, it's a trick to beat your guy because he's running at you and you're running the other way. Hmm. Well, uh, Jordan Clarkson couldn't do it himself, although he tried. and uh, Came that, darn that, close. That, look, if Donovan Mitchell's in the game, there's no way he's going to put up 33. No. It's, just, it's just not going to no. happen. Uh-uh. And it, That's but, not his role. He yeah. won, he, how many minutes did he play last night, Gordon? Sorry, I, I stepped on you. I apologize real quick. Uh, he played 35 minutes. That's that's 10 more minutes than he would play normally. So to your point, he's not taking 33 shots. So I have no problem with a player who senses a need out of his teammates 
and then tries to accomplish that or fill that need. Although it did, it was ugly early. It was ugly early. I thought he could have been looking for Boyan a little more early on. But uh, in that particular circumstance last night, don't really blame him. But there are circumstances when I see Jordan, I think he is hogging the ball a little bit. And I, I don't think that's fair. I mean, anybody who looks at it objectively would probably come up with that same conclusion. Well, he's not objective, but Quinn disagrees. Uh, does he really? That's what he says. Oh, well. You calling Quinn a liar? No. I'm just saying he's diplomatic. Another word for lying. <laughs> and this is what you do to me all the time, just letting you know. I personally think Quinn has tons of integrity. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just my uh, my personal opinion there, but. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to protect your players. Why? Sometimes you just gotta read lie. You gotta like, read, like, read that. No, you just gotta, call, don't, no, no, you just gotta massage it a little. I bit. I don't think he's lying. I think he's honest. <laughs> so as do I. As do I. <laughs> Stay tuned. More next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. Uh, how we uh, do today there, Gordo? It was not a good day in the markets. Apparently uh, concerns over rising prices... In raw materials. In everything, and, commodities in and, general. Yes, and uh, a shortage of labor. Uh, shook the market a little bit today, more than a little bit. At one point, the Dow was down 600 points. It finished down 473. You're ridiculous. The NASDAQ, Is that Jan? <laughs> the NASDAQ was down 12 and a half points. Ridiculous. And the S&P was off uh, 36 points. This is ridiculous. Um, anything have to do with that whole uh, oil pipeline thing on the East Coast? You've been following that? No, I haven't. Uh, it, so there was a hack into this. I, I can't even remember what the company's called, but it's the, it's the biggest oil pipeline. It basically services the East Coast south of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's like four, 45% of the... Oil and fuel for the East Coast comes from this one particular colonial pipeline. pipeline. Colonial and, and pipeline. What, what happened? So a a like hacker, I don't know, conglomerate. It has some weird name, like the Wicked Boys or something like that. That are apparently Russian. Hacked in and put dark some, side. The dark side. Put some ransomware in this uh, in this company's computer system, which basically says, you know, pay us zillions of dollars and we'll unscramble your computer system. But it's shut down this pipeline for now. This is the third day, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, there's been a, a huge rush on uh, on fuel because there's not very much of it on the East Coast. But I'll admit I filled up my gas tank today because I'm prices likely going north, not south. Well, that's the concern right now with so many uh, you know with with the costs going, prices going up the way they are. Anybody who's tried to uh, buy a little lumber lately? 
well not cheap. That it's uh, the prices have escalated, as have the uh, the, the prices of houses and uh, other things. So I mean, uh, great. If there's anything we we needed now, it's monstrous inflation. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that wouldn't be good. And uh, yeah, so there are uh, concerns about that, and it re- was revealed in the market today. Um, yeah, and then the uh, then the Fed would have to uh, you know readjust uh, their attitude toward uh, uh, you know loans and the costs of such. We we do need to say that uh, you don't need to make a rush on going out there and filling up every gas container you have. This is like when people started hoarding the toilet paper; it was not needed, and it put us months and months and months behind. You don't need to worry. Here in Utah today about this pipeline out there. See, I'm guilty of that. I filled up my tank today. You filled up a tank of gas. You didn't <laughs> take every Tupperware you have in the house and no, fill it. No, but now I'm thinking I should have. No, you should not. Remember have. remember the beginning of the pandemic when they talking were talking about the beginning of the pandemic when they were actually paying people to to take oil like the, yes. the price of oil was in the negative. Remember we were going to put put a bunch in our garage? Yeah, we were going to f- see what the expiration uh, was like, <laughs> the shelf life out out in the old backyard. And that so would be like a great, that, that would be opposite. and that would be a great <laughs> idea to uh, put high highly flammable fuel in your garage. Uh, they do it in Tooele. It wasn't going to be there forever. <laughs> yeah, it was going to it was going to blow uh, tomorrow. Now nah, it was just going to be the basic crude. But please fine. please 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 don't rush out and fill up every family f- fleet of vehicle. Well, I'm going to now. Now don't do it. Do you remember how hard it was to, instead of toilet paper, use the junk mail that was coming to you? Uh, no, oh, because I, I, no. uh... What? Not me. Ooh. A friend. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Big Ben Maller. Excited about this. He's a host for Fox Sports Radio, does overnights. So we'll talk was to that, him about... Was that a little rough? I mean, was that uh, chapping? A little bit of everything. Coming up next. Chafing? 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.